0: hey how's it going champagne sharks hope everyone's doing well just wanted to uh, do some quick house cleaning let people know. Go to ChampagneSharks.com and you get access to all the links related to Champagne Sharks. You can go there and find it all. And you can find where we are on social media, our products, all that stuff. Also, Patreon benefits, which includes Discord server, book club night, movie night discussions, show notes, newsletter, and most importantly, bonus episodes. So definitely become a patron for $5 a month at Patreon.com forward slash Champagne Sharks. And without further ado, here is the episode. Take care.: We're talking about Whack History Month, which is why now all these black articles are always about these weird assimilation anxiety or authenticity anxiety, like, am I really black? Like, I don't eat meat, am I black? Um, I, I snap on the ones and threes of every song, you know, uh, am I really I black or should, should like, I should I <laughs> should I die?
1: Like, I feel like people just find things to whine about. Oh, yeah, my whining, God. I can't dance either. Guess what? Who gives a fuck? I didn't cease being black because I can't dance. Shit.
0: Yeah. People just be just whining about stuff. And it's just um. it was weird is a lot of times when they whine, they sound like more racist than white people because they they themselves are reducing like blackness to these ridiculous um things. You know what I mean? Like, um, I don't know how to do runs. You know, and I was in Glee Club, and the kids in Glee Club thought I could do runs, but I couldn't. Now, am I black? It's like, what are you talking about? Like, black people don't think all of the black people can do runs. <laughs> like, a lot, right. I know a lot of black people dancing. You know. Like, right.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: It's it's weird. I think hey, I don't know where they get this stuff from. I don't know. their
1: imaginations and and their feelings like even the article that you sent so one of the articles you sent was about being a black vegan right um where do I see that shit I pulled it
0: up yeah it was on Los Angeles (laughs) Times
1: Yeah, oh, I was trying to pull. Oh, I've been sitting here trying to open it, but it's saying I don't have a subscription. It's saying I don't Um, have a subscription, even though I have that fucking app and I have a subscription. So I don't know what's happening. uh, Uh,
0: There's a pop up that looks like it's saying a paywall, but if you look at it, it might allow you to um, bypass it.
1: Yeah, they want you to take the ads off. I saw that. Oh yeah, that's that could be what it is. But I don't even need that. I just I have a subscription, so I don't know. Oh, yes, that's weird.
0: Here's the yeah. here's here's title, by the way. For since you can't pull it up, it's <laughs> op-ed. As a vegan, there's a lot of soul food I can't eat. What kind of black person does that make me? And something quick that I'll say is, um, I'm not of Black American descent as far as like descending from soul food and stuff like that. But uh, some of my friends who uh, descend from American slavery, uh, I have friends. And Vita, you would know about this better than than I would, so I will let you uh, tell me if you know the same. But I have friends who do not eat soul food on a regular basis. It's a it's a special. Most occasion. people don't eat
1: soul. I mean, I'll say this: maybe in the South, I don't know, but in LA, we don't eat soul food on a regular basis. You can't. You'd fucking die.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like every now and then they have soul food, but you know, like they don't have soul food every single day. So that's why I thought this article was strange because I'm like. First off, you're not living in the South. You're living in L.A. And it's like, yeah. It's, I, I I know some black people don't even um, like soul food like that, except for like one or two dishes. And I think that goes for everything. Like, my family's Haitian, but we didn't make Haitian food all the time. We, we um, and there's some things that.
1: Sometimes you had a cheeseburger. Is that what you're telling
0: me? Yeah. it, it just, just <laughs> <laughs> My mom, you know what my mom would like to make? She would like to like, fuck up some curry chicken, believe it or not. Like, that was like her favorite thing to make. It's not It's not Haitian at all. She just liked it. You know, it was right. like, like, like whatever.
1: I mean, I'm not Mexican. I eat tacos. Like it doesn't like, this is so fucking stupid. This whole fucking yeah. article is dumb because uh, I'm just thinking like, especially being in LA. First of all, why are you a whiner? Like, what the fuck are you whining about? If you can't eat, if you decided to be vegan, you just gave up on meat. That doesn't mean you gave up on everything. It just means you gave up on meat. You can still eat greens. Just open not put uh, smoke, uh, ham hock in it, you know? Yeah. So like you're not doing nothing special. I think people just like to feel like they're, they're special they're different or they're ostracized and I'm, they're using their voice to speak up for other people who cannot speak. And, like who cares? Persecution what?
0: complex. I think it's a
1: There word, we yeah. go. Persecution a, a martyr, complex. Martyr them or something. Yeah. Complex. These niggas is weird. First of all, Nobody cares that you're vegan. You're in L.A. of all places. Like, this makes it even worse. Like, in L.A. of all places. Do you know how easy it is to find vegan soul food? We have vegan soul food restaurants. So, I didn't get a chance to read this article. So, I don't know if he even mentions that. Because um, you have to be stupid to not.
0: Something else, too. You guys uh pioneered on that front. Because now there's vegan soul food here. And there's vegan soul food in a lot of other places. Because people were, were responding to this article when I tweeted it out with... um you know, vegan options in their neighborhoods and everything. L.A., I've heard about it for like a while, like years yeah. ago. Uh, I think I think the woman who played Felicia in uh, Friday, she left acting to open up a vegan soul food truck. And I heard it does pretty well. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. And if that's the one
1: I'm thinking of, I can't think of the name of it. Then I know exactly who it is. But there's um, yeah, we. when I was growing up, it was a spot called Veggie Soul. It was literally a vegan soul food restaurant. It was so good. I used to take people over there all the time. I mind you, I've never been a vegan. I only I discovered this place going with some friends who are vegan. They're like, oh, there's this place not far from your house called Vegan Soul, Veggie Soul. You should go. And I'm like, I don't eat, I don't, I'm not no vegan, you know. But I'll go. So I went, loved it. Food was fine. I was addicted to the shit. Honestly, it was. I was buying that shit like every day. So I don't, I I don't understand. I I don't get it because I'm reading this article. He said, I dreaded my first trip back home after I became a vegetarian. Um, Yeah. So I guess he's, he lives in Battle Creek. I guess that's where he's from. Oh no. school Yeah. So he went back to Battle Creek, Michigan. And he said he dreaded his trip back home after he became a vegetarian. He knew some of the questions died and his cultural authenticity like, first of all, and I'm and when I reach it like that, you know what bothers me about that? How, nine times out of ten, how much you want to bet? It's just your family
0: roasting you. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> like, they don't really give a fuck. I promise you, they probably don't. I- I'm just saying. I don't know this guys' family, whatever. Um. Sure enough, my dad made a show of cooking meat to add to beans and rice. I and I had prepared for Christmas dinner, despite the fact that there were plenty of other meat dishes to me choose from, uh... Whatever. So he made some beans and rice. Daddy wouldn't put some meat in it. It was happened on my birthday. I gave up beef and pork when I was in high school. I had a graduation party. My mom completely forgot that I gave up beef and made spaghetti with beef all in it. <laughs> I couldn't eat any of it. Uh, it wasn't intentional. She just forgot. It just because yeah. I was the forefront of her My mom. My mom's from the Midwest. i mom's from Missouri. All the motherfuckers eat is pork and beef. Okay, so she, in her mind, that shit was like it didn't. It didn't even cross her mind that she was doing anything offensive or wrong or anything like that. Because she was yeah, she I was
0: going. She was an autopilot.
1: An autopilot, you know. um uh, so with this whole thing, um, he, he said something else stupid. He said, my experience is not unique. Countless other people of color feel alienated for being vegan. And even though their veganism may be rooted in
0: a commitment to community. And, and I feel like a lot of that type of talk is rooted in the idea of the type of barbarism in the Black community. There's something like, you know, barbaric. But, like, um, <laughs> you know, you know, just running around clubbing, clubbing a giant cow and just, or a pig and just eating meat. Like they're just can't right. understand the concept of vegetarians or vegans. And it's just so ridiculous. Cause like I said, uh, I've, I've been meeting more and more black vegans uh, all the time, but there's a lot of people who've been that for like a long time. People are responding to this article by saying my dad's been a vegan for like 15 years or whatever. Like it's not <laughs> right. Like, like, yeah, what you said, what you're saying is true. Like people are taking their families and, and this article is short enough and ridiculous enough. I think I'm just going <laughs> to read the whole thing because it's one of those yeah. articles where every paragraph it's, has something. Yeah, let's uh, go through let's, this, this one, a few articles think we can go through. Yeah, yeah. Yes, the, the rest should summarize, summarized, but this one is... Okay, here's the thing, right, that a lot of these whack History Month articles have. They always have to put some weird history lesson that is only tangentially related to the actual topic, but they try to make the topic seem deeper than it is. And what thing they do, I don't remember if this one does it, but some of the other articles we're going to describe do they'll tie something into slavery or Jim Crow. that doesn't really need to be. So it'll be like back in slavery, um, you know, the slaves had to eat the the pig because it was cast off. It's okay. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not, but motherfucker it has nothing to do with you and your family today. Like just, just, just talk about your damn veganism. I don't want to. And they always just throw these stupid, it's like they're padding out the article for word count. and, and, I lot of the history lessons make no sense. They'll, they'll go back to slavery, then jump to Black Wall Street, then to Emmett Till, then to um, George Floyd. And just doing 50-year jumps at a time with no type of cohesive. It's like they're just checking off on a checklist. And I don't remember if this one does it, but some of the other ones uh, we're going to describe definitely, definitely do that because we have a couple of examples. But anyway, here's the article by Christopher Carter. And this one was actually January 30th. 2022. like they, they put it up a day or two early just to get it there in time for Black History Month. It's soul food is famously revered for pork and barbecue, for savory side dishes cooked in lard. I am a Black man who grew up loving my mother's cornbread dressing and my aunt's macaroni and cheese. Then I became a vegan. At first, I wondered if I did not eat soul food as I had historically conceptualized it, what kind of Black person would I be? And as usual, you can jump in at any time, Vita. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, cultural identities are baked into culinary identities. Now that sentence is like kind of true, but like unnecessary. You know, like like this thing is full of sentences like that that just seem to be padding the word count. Well, this, I say I think this is more like a sentence opener for up uh, the rest to his next point. That's my guess. I yeah, but but the next point to me, I, I think is dubious too. I, actually, <laughs> that's a good point. Let's see. So. Cultural identities are baked into culinary identities. This is especially true for people of color. What you eat or don't eat speaks volumes about where you belong. Now, how is especially not sure that's especially true for
1: people of color, though.
0: Exactly. Like, like, how is that any less true for Germans white people? Like, even if white people's food is more bland, that's still part of their identity. You know. As I was gonna say, that literally applies to anybody you know, like anybody that doesn't even make any sense. It falls back on this idea that whiteness is normative and default and neutral. Mm. And that you know, non-white people are the opposite. So it's like, it's, it's almost like saying like, uh, black, white people are just like this kind of, uh, normal, normative baseline standard by which everything is. And it doesn't make sense. Like, it's like you said, it applies to anybody. White, white, identities then these are it's like when white people say that they have no culture, and, and to me, I think it's kind of a way of saying like uh, we're the oxygen that you breathe. Which you know, white people have as yeah. much of a slang, a culture, a way or whatever as as yeah. Who do you think made up G Willikers? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know, like they got they slang. I, I I don't like this. I don't like that idea either because it's, it's. I think it's exactly what you said it's a way of otherizing us and making them the norm. Exactly. And and it's so funny how people don't realize that's what they're doing because they think they're doing the opposite in their imaginations, right? But not realizing that by saying, oh, we're the outlier from this main group, but there's more of us than there are them. So how does that even make any sense? There's yep. more non-white people than there are white people. So that doesn't even really make much sense. But in their imaginations, whiteness is the central of everything. We're offshoots of that. But continue with the articles. He kind of, this is the point I want to make. And he's you, when you continue the article, I can make that one.
0: But Okay, cool. The term soul food can be traced back to the 1960s. And as soul became a linguistic sing- signifier for Black culture, it became a self-empowering shorthand for being able to survive in a racist society and for resisting dehumanization, the roots—the roots of soul food—are anti-racist, and I'm stop. guessing that's what you want to talk about. Stop. Let's just yeah. stop. I'm sorry.
1: This is this is again
0: people just evoking shit just to be evoking shit. And and, and that's an example of what I was saying about the the unrelated history lesson. Like even if that history lesson is true, it has nothing to do with eating soul food today.
1: But the thing is, soul food becoming self-empowering shorthand for being able to survive in a racist society and for, for resisting dehumanization. When the reality is they were just being human and surviving. It wasn't like they were in their minds like we're going to resist. You know, like they were oh, yeah. they were surviving. They didn't have a choice. You know, it wasn't like they were like we're going to resist dehumanization. No, they're humans. So they're going to make food. Like, I just don't like when people try to flower things up to sound like more than what it is because it's not necessary. Black people are so amazing and dynamic and what we do that we don't have to add extras it's
0: just not necessary and it's stupid extras i have a theory about what he was trying to say but i think i might be giving him too much credit number one you tend to give people too much credit yeah i do that sometimes and (laughs) and and number two i can't give people no credit so (laughs) (laughs) Uh, number number two even if this is what he meant you have to explain that you can't assume that that you know um it comes across, you know, but what I think he he might have meant maybe is maybe he was trying to say uh, that soul food was they gave the slaves the scraps, the stuff that, you know, they didn't want on their table, the parts of the animal that they didn't want to eat. So the food that they were being given was dehumanizing food, you know, like, uh, hey, here's the intestines. Here's the brisket. It's like this hard ass part that, you know. Um, we, we can't even make softs, so you take it you know here's this and that and then they found a way to say okay giving us dehumanizing food we're gonna find a way to make it um, fire, d- delicious so all you
1: niggas want this shit
0: um, is that oh yeah, yeah we're gonna
1: make a fire so all you niggas want this shit which is exactly what happened <laughs> yeah but yeah. that but, point you're making sure sounds so different yeah I was gonna say with the point you're making while it does fit in a way he didn't say that you know what exactly. I mean he didn't make that clear if that's what he was saying and that's a writer problem you know um you didn't make that clear what i don't do is something i learned in a writing class i had writing 301 um and it was for humanities so one of the things she said to us she said do not make the mistake of trying to uh create the don't make the mistake of assuming the writer's intent only go by what they actually
0: said i agree And And, and the reason i'm bringing this up is not to defend the writer but to say that Oh, you're trying
1: to give it some credit. See, maybe that's where
0: he was going. Well, 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 actually, no, no, kind of different. I'm giving him credit for maybe having a decent point, but taking the credit away on the other end for he did a bad job at expressing it. So it's lose-lose either way. Either he's saying nonsense, number one, or number two, there's a drum of a good point in there, but he's too um, deficient in some way to make he's that trying- point.
1: He's trying so hard to Black Lives Matter it, you know, to blue yeah, check it. exactly,
0: and he, that's he, he where it gets too much. Yeah, right. Plain. He's trying to use this kind of academic Black of Lives ma- Matter jargon. You nailed it. He's trying to Black Lives Matter, and that's what they do. They take simple statements and they they try to. And he does it later with words like decolonize. Like, there's only no two. He doesn't write in
1: this last sentence in this one. The roots of soul food are anti-racist. What the fuck? Yeah. How just, did, like, what does that even mean? At this point, that, like certain words lose their power because yeah. people use them in all types of weird ass ways. Anti-racist, trauma, all the, you name it. They just use the words wrong. And It's one of my biggest pet peeves.
0: And like this, this paragraph, you know, instead of being about and he's, he's the useless history lesson, the term soul food can be traced back to the 1960s. What does it have to do with anything? In this article, who cares if it came in the 40s, the 50s or 60s, you're <laughs> just throwing in facts to pad the word count. But he could have just said, uh, instead of the identities are baked into culinary identities, which is you know true for everybody or whatever, he, he could say something like soul food is uniquely rooted in oppression and dehumanization because it was ingredients given from slave masters to slaves that was inherently considered to have no value. And the slaves, you know, did their best to make some of the most amazing food um, imaginable. So there's a lot of emotional investment in the history of soul food. Whether I agree or not, I can understand what you're saying. But like you said, this is just a bunch of Black Lives Matter word salad that is unnecessary and just trying to make make it seem like they were trying to do protests which which like you said they weren't trying to do they were just trying to eat everybody wants to make bad food taste good but not everyone can can uh accomplish it like right. irish people had a lot of famines and stuff and a lot of their food is just boiled potatoes and beef. Like they weren't able we to. we go to
1: Irish pubs and not Irish restaurants.
0: Yeah, yeah. The uh, so, some of that famine food though is not good though. Because because when you go to Irish pubs, the best tasting food is usually non-Irish food. They're making like burgers and uh, and right. chicken fingers and stuff. Well, they make a uh, shepherd's pie. Oh, you see, you're right. That is that is good. And then, and and to be fair, they have this cabbage and beef thing that. And tomato sauce—that's pretty good. But a lot of a, other but, stuff but is. But not they're too very hot.
1: limited. Like again, nobody's like, "Oh, you guys want Irish or Mexican tonight?" Nobody does that.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But there was a way better way to do that but, paragraph. And I love what you said that they tried to black lives matter. I'm going to yes. start using that from now on because that's exactly <laughs> what it is. But there's a way of talking and writing that these people do that is—it's almost like a way of trying to try s- to signify to each other, "Hey, I'm one of you." Look at this word salad I just did. You know, it's like, uh, but it doesn't communicate points well at all.
1: Yeah. The next paragraph, it's funny because the last sentence says the roots of soul food are anti-racist. Now read that first
0: sentence in the next paragraph. (laughs) I know that not eating meat can be anti-racist too. (laughs) (laughs) He basically undermines his whole previous paragraph with both sides. Wow. Yeah, yeah. He basically undermines his own thing. So what was the point of the previous paragraph of saying how uh anti-racist soul food and meat is when you, in the next and, and this is a problem these people are trying to serve too many masters what does that even how can
1: but that doesn't make any sense I know that not eating meat can be anti-racist no it's not it has nothing to do with it at all nothing and that veganism aligns with self these self-empowering
0: principles no it doesn't no it doesn't see this is a problem trying to flatter too many people first he wants to flatter uh, people who eat meat and soul food so he makes up one untrue statement which is you know, eating meat and eating soul food is inherently anti-racist, which is not true. I mean, there are racists who eat soul food. There are coons who eat soul food. It doesn't mean anything. But now that he's stuck <laughs> to that lie, he doesn't want to offend vegetarians. So now he has to extend the lie to not eating meat too. But then on top of that, not only is it not true, if everything is anti-racist, eating meat and not eating meat, then what's the point of bringing any, any of it up. Like, it right. negates itself, you know? It's like... A, this one thing is not is anti-racist. Here's the reason why. But also, every other behavior is also anti-racist. So, like, okay, so then why did you bring up any of it? I mean, so in addition to not being true, even if it was true, if it applies to everybody, then it basically applies to nobody. It's uh it's it's pointless. That's like saying like, uh, black people really really love oxygen. Inhaling oxygen is a big part of our culture. You know, and, you know, eating oxygen, inhaling oxygen is one of the most pro-black things you can do. But also uh, every other race on Earth uh, inhales oxygen, by the way, and also racists inhale oxygen. But don't worry about that. Let's move on. It's it's a silly, again, padding the word count, um, not consuming animal products. And, and this is what Richie's doing just to just. Yo, I was waiting for you to
1: get here. You know,
0: not consuming <laughs> animal products resist factory farming. Dehumanizing forces and disproportionate effects on black people and on the earth. And this is one of those things where they're trying to make black people mules for everything. Like, uh, do this because this disproportionately affects black people. So it so this cause, you know, you know, say like black people should be pro-immigration because most of the immigrants are that get hurt by this is black. And it's like, okay, you're not really saying that because you care about black people, you're just trying to find a way to make black people mule mule for you even if it is true it feels very um, insulting for you to try to use that argument because you don't
1: actually give a fuck about niggas you just want them to fulfill your agenda so it's not about saying oh we actually are concerned about the resources that black americans aren't getting as a result of immigration because if that were true they'll be concerned about the results we aren't getting because of them because of white people, you know yep, what I mean? Yep, yep. That's where the attack would be. That's where the conversation would be, especially since I think a lot of that shit's a moot point anyway. Cause once I found out they were picking up people from Mexico and El Salvador and bringing them here, um, and then just to purposely not hire black people, and then calling the ICS when their production was over and have them take the people back—that's when I found out all this shit was a scam. All these motherfuckers are scammers, all of them. Republicans, Democrats—they all scammers. But we already know that. Um, but to the <laughs> but to the thing about you know something disproportionately affecting black people—that's like you can't just say something like that and just think it makes sense. That's like saying you know I resist. I don't use paper towels because deforestation. Um, hurts black people more than anybody. You know, you're not doing anything by not using paper towels and using your personal towel. You're not helping black people. Like, stop. You're not yeah. helping black people because the mattress industry discriminates against black people. They don't hire black people in the mattress industry like that. And it disproportionately affects us. So I'm resisting by sleeping on the floor. Like, that doesn't, it's not real. Like, you're just saying shit because it's not helping anybody. And, 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 and on top of let's,
0: that,
1: say, hey, on top of that, the thing that really pissed me off is not even the point. As much as he didn't give us a point in the sense that to say not consuming animals, pro, not consuming animal products, resist factory farming's dehumanization forces and disproportionate effects on black people and then not tell us what those disproportionate effects are. What are you fucking talking about? I, I don't know about the industry the meat industry or the factory farming industry, how do I, your article isn't telling me, oh shit, this is something that impacts black people. Yo, he should wrote a whole article telling us how factory farming impacts black communities. That would have made more sense because I would have been interested in that. Yeah, whatever totally. the fuck this cornball shit is, it's a waste of fucking energy. It but doesn't the even make. He doesn't sense. even
0: know himself. I bet you. I bet you. He, just he says it. Just he didn't to say even it.
1: allude to it. That's how you yeah. know he doesn't know. He didn't allude to it. He didn't say. Did, he, didn't, he didn't. even put in parentheses such as the impact of a you know, uh, uh, food uh, food inaccessibility or the price of meat and you know whatever it is. Like he's not talking about any of that. He's not even talking about. Anything that correlates with black people, he's just trying to say being vegan is anti-racist because the meat industry disproportionately impacts black people. Guess what else it, it, it dis- disproportionately impacts black people? All, all fucking farming impacts black people. Ask all those black farmers that lost their fucking farms within the past 20, 30 years. You see what I'm saying? So you're not doing... You, that's like saying I'm anti-racist because I stopped eating vegetables because of how they're treating black farmers in the South or the um, Midwest.
0: Uh, Vita. Um, yeah. I'm going to write an article and tell me what you think about this paragraph that I'm going to throw in. Um, um, playing lot of, playing the lottery is uh, anti racist because the numbers has a long tradition the black community, and, <laughs> and the lottery was created by the government trying to legitimize the numbers game, which although it eliminated a lucrative hustle for black people black people still disproportionately win the lottery so by playing the lottery (laughs) one of the most anti-racist i mean you can argue anything yes uh, that's exactly it with with this stupid logic of of just saying you know how many things disproportionately help uh Black, black people. people, but have yeah. nothing to do with being anti-racist or it's just it's just, the oh,
1: laundromat cool. industry. The, it just I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. The housing <laughs> industry disproportionately impacts Black people, but I'm not gonna live on the street and protest. Like that doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, it's all it's all just so so stupid. You know, when I made that woke Black bingo card for anyone who's seen it, like you know, it's just a bingo card that made with all these like topics that they do, and you know, um. Something that always appears in woke black people's articles, and I made it as a joke, but I'm starting to think this is how they really write articles. I think they actually have a list of things to check off to try to work into an article to make an article. And and for example, one thing they always bring in disability, whether the thing has anything to do with disability or not. They have to bring in being queer, disability. You know, the weird history lesson that for some reason always brings up Tulsa, Oklahoma, and Emmett Till and the Combahee River Collective because it's the only three things they know. About Black history, Black history. So they always gotta bring those three things in. Yeah, yeah. But they really write using a checklist. I'm convinced they
1: have uh, to. Yeah, and they, they all do. use. This. You know what though? I think also some of them use stick to points that they know white people know about. That's the
0: other exactly. thing. exactly. And those and those are cultural touchstones that white people know about. And some of these things white people didn't always know about, but once white people do know about them, they can't shut up about them. Like for example, white people didn't really know about Black Wall Street and and Emmett Till and stuff, but Black Wall Street in particular was a kind of thing that so-called hoteps used to obsess about like for as long as i've been alive yeah since like the 80s 90s like those um those woke pro-black hoteps used to always be like we had our own banks we had our own this you know black wall street i never heard bushy black people talk about black Wall wall street like this but once like npr and those people discovered black wall street or maybe uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates, I think, made white people aware of Black Wall Street in his Reparations article. And white people were like, there was a Black Wall Street. Suddenly, the Black blue check crowd just won't shut up about Black Wall Street. And they work it into all their TV shows now and all their articles. But but yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It's about once white people find out about it, suddenly they care about it. And what's
1: wild is that there was... I've actually come to hate the Black Wall Street story for multiple reasons, because... One, my number one reason i hate that story is people tell it wrong um they stay in they always in that story with the massacre they talk about it as though that's what ended black wall street and that's not true black wall street actually rebuilt after that massacre and they were actually doing some people would argue they were doing better I actually read an article they were actually doing better financially after the massacre what ultimately destroyed them is what destroyed all the black communities all across america was urban renewal and desegregation and that's what destroyed a lot of it um Not to say that I'm pro-segregation. That's not what I'm saying. Because whenever I point that out, people are always like, oh, you're trying to say, no, I'm not saying that. There were some good things and some bad things that happened as a result. But desegregation was one of the things that I I was reading. Some of the people who were from there were talking about how what ended up happening was more Black people started utilizing non-white businesses. And then white businesses started, I mean, uh, the government started doing things to... um, Hurt black wait, communities Putting wait, freeways wait, wait, up wait, wait, In certain areas Things wait, wait, like
0: that uh, Real quick Just to confuse people I think you might have said it uh, Backwards it's my, More black people Started using Non-black businesses You mean
1: Yeah Oh that's what I meant Yes 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 yeah. I'm sorry Yes more black people Started using Non-black businesses Yeah I said it backwards My bad um, But yes But also It would but. But that's my first thing. People don't know the real story. That's not what ended it. They end that story with the massacre. That's not what ended Black Wall Street. The second thing is there was more than one Black Wall Street and there, more than one Black comu- there was more than one Black community that was building up and doing for self. There was a lot of them. Uh, they were all as wealthy as Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma was. They weren't all that. Some of them only got as high as maybe middle class, if that. But there were many Black communities that were growing and that was becoming a problem people were leaving certain areas of the south or certain areas of the midwest and then going to other parts that were a little bit more diverse or a little bit more accepting surprisingly i saw a documentary on little rock there was a street there was an area in little rock that was all black all black businesses and what ultimately de- destroyed that was urban renewal instead of building freeways and blocking areas where black people, so black people could get through um And taking away businesses and buildings saying that they were blight and they would take the building and then never help the people that had the building in the first place, you know, mm-hmm. shit like that. All the shit that comes with that. That's why I hate that story because people don't actually want to talk about the overall issue. They want to talk about one story. They don't want to talk about how urban renewal and desegregation and various other policies destroy Black communities. It wasn't because we didn't want to work. It wasn't because we were lazy. It wasn't because we destroyed our own community. All the, the shit that Black people repeat. And so they'll stick to But because the thing is they can't have that overall conversation because it does counter those points. So you don't want to counter the fact that Black people didn't destroy their own communities. It wasn't the crack epidemic alone Because a lot of shit happened before a crack even hit our communities A mm-hmm. lot of shit happened before the crack even hit um, The reason why cr- crack was so devastating Is because of the economic impact That it already that was already taking place Because the factories had left People were and already depressed of, and,
0: and the lack of institutional services built into the communities Exactly to, yeah.
1: exactly. So there was more than just Oh we just destroyed our communities We just got on drugs and sold it It was, But we, these are things black people repeat But you can't repeat that rhetoric if you just make Tulsa an isolated story, you see yeah. what I'm saying? Because then you have to talk about urban renewal and its impact all across the country. Because in the documentary that I was watching, it tripped me out. Because even white folks were just like, "Yeah, we killed them because they were because bo- they were black trying to vote." Like they, not them personally, but they're talking about the white people. They were admitting that white people were killing black people for trying to vote. You know, shit like that. It was really a good documentary. I should post that up in my. Something, but at any rate, that's just what I hate about that story. So, when black people use that one story, it just grinds my gears. Because, what about all the other black communities that existed? What What is the overarching conversation we're supposed to have outside of this one story?
0: Yeah, and that's a big problem too, because there's a lot of Tulsa, Oklahoma's, but that's the only one that white people talk about. So, that's the only one they bother, bother to learn about. You know, it's, right. like it's uh, very, very annoying, but well said, all of it. And uh, continuing with the article, because we're gonna enter like the second circle of hell. It gets really bad. <laughs> I I was I was reading ahead while I was listening to you, and uh-huh. this gets re- this gets really bad. Uh, for us, soul food consists of the classics: fried chicken, collard greens, dirty rice, jambalaya, okra, cornbread dressing, and pretty much anything one can eat off a pig. Over the years, these foods have given me comfort, and and. You were talking about how everything's about the individual, and this article is no different. It, it's pretending to have a broader point and have these little history lessons and and these broad claims about this being anti-racist and the rainforest and whatever. By the end of the day, this is just a me, 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 navel-gazing think piece. About him but, uh, and his whiny. But... Yeah. When racism knocks me off center, the red beans and rice I grew up with <laughs> is the ground from which I remember myself as beloved and belonging. For but, me, red beans and rice feels like home.
1: I hate how these niggas talk. I just oh, hate God. it. Oh, so,
0: God. So dramatic. I
1: don't so... even mind the last sentence. The last sentence is fine, because that sounds like yeah. a common st- statement. People, I mean, your food does make you feel like home. It's like, yeah, oh, I'm like, out of town. I'm eating food that's comforting. I like comfort food. Everybody likes comfort food. But when he's talking about when racism knocks me off my center, and then I go eat some red beans and rice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I picture him, right? Like, uh, like, some some uh, white person's like get out of here, nigger. They like punches him in the face. He's like, oh my god! He, he runs home and eats some red beans and rice. Like he's like, right? It's like Popeye and the spinach. Like he sleeps. But you know, it's the red- because they're goofy. Like this is the
1: like okay. So this is the thing. They if I were, if I were writing a movie, right. I was writing a movie and I was writing about a kid or a young person who goes, maybe they go off to college and they have a rough, you know, rough time because all the racism or some shit, you know, microaggression, you know, like that shit. So, you know, then they come home and it turns out their mom's cooking dinner and they made red beans and rice. And then you have this scene of them eating red beans and rice and then kind of calming down. I think that's a great scene for a movie. It just sounds weird as fuck when you're telling me, but if you're telling me this feels, what is this, what did they say? It, it, when racism knocks me off my center the red beans and rice i grew up with is the ground from which i remember myself you didn't how first of all how did you forget yourself that's that's the problem yeah that, how did, that's a great question and then how did you so you remember yourself as beloved and belonging how did you not like where, when did you forget like you forgot because somebody said something right. I, I don't
0: get but, but, that but also what you described has a whole context behind the red beans and rice there's the mother there there's being inside the house. He makes it seem like yes. the rice by itself. Cause, <laughs> cause remember, he's not even living at home anymore. So it's almost like the rice by itself is imbued with this magical, metaphysical power on its own. <laughs> and that's where really goofy. Like, like What you describe makes a lot more sense. But to me, what he's talking about is like some, he encounters some racism. Then he goes to Popeye's and orders red beans and rice. and it's just like The food itself in front of his
1: TV watching... <laughs> fucking will of fortune in yeah. his recliner talking yeah. about i feel like home it feels like I, I feel beloved i feel like i belong
0: yeah yeah this is way lamer uh when i left battle creek michigan to attend graduate school on the outskirts of los angeles my family was concerned the move would quote unquote change me they may have been right when i arrived in claremont i was your typical grilled meat loving omnivore Three.
1: three and a half all, claremont yep. is that even is that even la I think that's the Inland Empire. Let me Google that because I don't like him. I don't like people say things outskirts of L.A. That ain't L.A. First of all, nobody nobody claims it as L.A. even if it is. I don't know. Yeah. Nope. It's its own
0: city. OK, so so there you go. I didn't know enough about L.A. to even ca- call that out. But add that to the list of stuff that is weird about this article.
1: Oh, I, I mean, it might be. I'm trying to see. Oh, it's oh, it's on the edge of the county. But it's nobody considers that people, shit. People LA. from L.A.
0: don't tend to consider that. I, LA I, I didn't even know. It. I had to Google. three like, <laughs> <laughs> three Three and a half years later, I was a vegetarian. And not too long after that, I was a vegan. I grew dreadlocks at a beard. And I just love that last sentence. <laughs> what, that? what does Hold that have on. to do with shit? Let, let me repeat those three sentences in order. When I arrived in Claremont, I was your typical grilled meat-loving omnivore. Three and a half years later, I was a vegetarian. And not too long after that, I was a vegan. I grew dreadlocks on a beard. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what the hell does that I have to do with anything? There's people I, with dreadlocks and beards who eat meat like crazy. like Is, is that part of the uniform? Do like, you
1: know how many of these have dreadlocks and beards and be sitting up with me at the barbecue spot? Like, what yeah. is he talking about?
0: That, that, that is so weird. I grew dreadlocks and a beard. That's, that's, he's just talking to talk. I dreaded my first trip back home after I became a vegetarian. I picture him showing up back home. And it's like, this nigga's got a beard, man. He's eating vegetables. I knew my family would question my diet and challenge my cultural authenticity. Sure enough, my dad made a show of cooking meat to add to the beans and rice as prepared for a Christmas dinner. Okay, maybe your dad's just a jerk. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Despite the fact that there were plenty of other meat dishes for him to choose from. My beans and rice were not authentic to our family. And he made sure everyone knew it. Like I don't know if it's a black thing or a his dad thing
1: maybe his dad or maybe your beans and rice was garbage. Like, I don't know. Yeah. We don't really know what that shit tasted like. Like I was telling you, I had vegan greens the other day. That shit was garbage, but I've had other vegan greens that were good. Maybe he thought those shit was trash. And you know, and sometimes parents, like I said, sometimes parents are just assholes. They don't really be yeah. thinking, but to be real, he felt, maybe he felt like you fucked up their recipe. Like, <laughs> or, 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 maybe, or
0: maybe he's right. And his dad just doesn't accept bean beans and rice without meat in it. But that could just be a your dad thing because yeah, there's a lot of people who would just be like, this is what my kid wants to eat. I'll eat it.
1: My mom makes a second dish, entirely new dishes for my brother and his family for Thanksgiving and Christmas, every Christmas and Thanksgiving. She makes uh, their own stuffing. Well, is dressing because not really in the chicken or the turkey. So they have their own pan of stuffing. They have their own pot of greens. They have their own pot of string beans. They have, you know, so they, so they yeah. have. Stuff that they can eat that doesn't have any meat in it. My mother makes both, like literally makes two pots of everything, just so they can have ar- something.
0: You should share this article with your brother. I would love to hear what he thinks about this article. But please he share it with him and then get back to us. I'm, I'm just wondering what, <laughs> what he thinks. I'll about.
1: share it, but I know him. He ain't gonna read that shit because he, because <laughs> he, he, he is vegetarian and he do be in a lot of the those pro black spaces that you know, have, you know, like the they be like, oh, I don't want to call him because he's not pan Africanist at all, but it's a lot of the pet African and Rasta people out here that really be into that vegan and vegetarian stuff. And if they look at it spiritually almost, yeah. so I think he's kind of in line with that. Like he doesn't believe in eating dead animals and shit like that. Mm. Um, But it's, so I, I don't think like the way I read it in this article when my brother would definitely not relate. But I would oh, definitely yeah. oh, see yeah. this article. And see if he I'm, would sure, he I'm sure he
0: would. I'm sure he would hate it. So I'm curious. He <laughs> <be> curious. <laughs> I, I actually see him today. So I'll, I'll have him read it today. Um, yeah. So I'm like, I think he's just taking his family dynamics and just spreading it to like all black people because I'm sure there's some black families that will be jerks about it. And but I know a lot of people who's Black families are supportive of them being vegetarian. Like, it makes it sound like you're coming home with a crack habit or something. It's just very, right. very bizarre. And I, I, I think sometimes,
1: it. the other thing I want to say too is I think sometimes people speak bring shit on people and then they don't that they don't get yet you know so like when i gave up beef and pork and then i would visit my family in St. louis they were completely lost like they didn't understand like they didn't get it so they're like so they can they, in fact they thought i was a vegetarian because they don't know the difference as far as they're concerned you're a vegetarian if you don't eat beef and eat pork you know um a, so, a lot
0: of white people are jerks about um being vegetarian too like i've seen white people wear these shirts these these so-called humorous shirts like for every animal you don't eat I'm going to eat two and oh yeah they're douchey as fuck though white people
1: will be hella like extra yeah so it, it's like But not they're even being jerks yeah, right yeah but exactly black people I just it like in my family I'll say they just didn't get it it just didn't it didn't make sense to them so it didn't register in their mind as being anything normal especially at a time when you know people so much it is so normal now we don't remember those a time when you couldn't really find almond milk except in a health store yeah. <laughs> you know um, everybody it was beef everything when I was in St. Louis back in the day. Trying to get a turkey burger was next to impossible. Almond milk was next to impossible. But now it's stuff's way more common now. When I go out there now, they got all types of ground turkey products, turkey bacon, uh, turkey sauces, chicken sausage. None of that shit existed when I was like in the early nineties. None of that shit was there, I promise. Nope. Um, but you know, at the same time, now they get it because so much has changed. But when I was growing up, because I gave a beef when I was like 14, they didn't understand that shit. That was like a whole foreign concept. Like, what are you talking about? So you don't eat hot dogs? You don't eat steak? Like, who doesn't eat steak?
0: That's weird, you know? And yeah, so these people, they always like racialize and pathologize and essentialize like behavior that is across color lines. Like being a jerk to your family members who are vegetarian. I, I would say not only... Can happen in any family of any race. I feel like I've seen it way more among uh, white people. Like, like I said, they make whole T-shirts and sayings and bumper stickers just to make fun of vegetarians. Like I don't really see black people doing stuff like that, where they will wear a whole shirt just to uh, mock someone. No, eats that's veget- true. I was Especially watching those Republican types. They love. Oh,
1: they live by
0: that shit. I'm American, you know.
1: We eat beef, you know, all American beef. Um, I was watching wife swap don't ask why i just like that show um it's now available on hulu so i watched it (laughs) and um it was interesting to watch that show because some there was white families that it was completely like no way they were like i am not a vegan i would never eat that like this is horrible this is stupid like this doesn't make any sense like it just they were talking so much shit about veganism that it it was almost I was offended and I ain't no vegan like they was really <laughs> mad about that shit and, and then things you look at the family and what they do eat and you're like goddamn what all your son eats is pizza rolls you know
0: yeah and they really politicize that thing they think it's like uh not just racial but they tie virility into it like you know when it's time to, when it's time to depict a vegetarian they always depict like someone very effeminate and yeah and uh kind of gay acting and everything it's 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 funny that. This that's guy true. is buying into this idea that this is a uniquely. And this next paragraph really goes into that. It goes, My experience is not unique. Countless other people of color feel alienated for being vegan, even though their veganism may be rooted in a commitment to community. That's not the word they love, is community. In America, food has long been or been mixed up with an engine of oppression. And the black body, the, that's on the bingo card. Uh, black bodies. Yep. I hate uh, the word body. doesn't yeah. square case. in the bin- yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a square in the bingo card called Bodies and Spaces. So I just checked that one off. The black body serves as a constant reminder of it. What does this mean? I'm going to read the sentence again. And in America, the food has long been or been mixed up with an engine of oppression. And the black body serves as a constant reminder of it. What does that mean? You're saying like when people see a black body, they remember that food is tied to oppression. Like it doesn't quite make sense to me.
1: I think he's saying, again, I think because this sense makes no sense, but <clears throat> he's saying that in America that there's been a, uh, a correlation between the oppression that we face and the food that we've been eating and that black bodies or we as black people are basically a reminder of how food can't or the food industry can be oppressive. <clears throat> the problem is with this sentence is it doesn't tell us how in America, food has long been or mixed up with an engine of oppression. What does that mean? Food has long been an engine of oppression. What does that mean?
0: And, but how does a black body, I mean, okay, I'm going to give another so, theory.
1: That, how does it remind us of this thing? We don't even know what you're talking about in the first place.
0: Yeah. I'm going to give another theory, which again, I don't think he meant, but is a possibility. Is that is he trying to say that because black people are such health problems and modern black bodies are full of diabetes and these different um dietary health outcomes? Is he trying to say like the health outcomes that we see in black people nowadays are a reminder of and if he is saying that he did a terrible job because again he black lives matter? I think you
1: I think you are I think you're right. I think that's what he's saying.
0: I shouldn't have to bend my brain to like just speak plain. I I, I love that phrase that he black lives mattered up the paragraph. <laughs> he just keeps putting in but, this stupid jargon.
1: But this I feel like you could have just made thing. a stronger point if you told us how. Like he doesn't he'll tell us this is oppressive but doesn't tell us how. Like how yeah. has it been an engine of oppression? Cuz what you would do is if you're a person who's not trying to be flowery and, and make these weird ass sentences, you would say in America food has long been an engine of oppression by lack of access. Uh, unhealthy foods, preservatives, high chemicals in our foods, pro- uh, pro- uh, um, processed foods being pushed in our community, the affordability, all that shit. Like you can literally list the yeah, things. Yeah, loaded, and loaded then with go-
0: sugar, high carb, high exactly. fat, Exactly,
1: and, and it doesn't, and it doesn't fuck up. Like it doesn't, it's not so, you don't need like a whole paragraph solely on that, but just yeah. list those ways so we know what the fuck you're talking about.
0: And like, then, and then explain the second part of the sentence, which is, and how does the black body serve as a constant reminder and say, we have the highest inpatient rates for diabetes, the highest um, early death from dietary. So there's right. two things in the sentences that could be explained better. And that's what you said. How is um, food, long tied into an engine of oppression and how does the black body serve as a constant reminder of it? But he does not do that instead he jumps to this next sentence which is not only not really related but wrong as well he, the next sentence after that is black people were enslaved because of our agricultural and culinary acumen which is not That's, true they did not go to africa and be like these assholes are good farmers so, and they cook they cook good let's <laughs> enslave them like, what the hell is that sentence black people yeah. were enslaved because of our agricultural and culinary acumen like were slaves good at farming yes were slaves great cooks yes but that wasn't the reason that they went to Africa and enslaved <laughs> right. them
1: Right. exactly it doesn't make any sense it, it doesn't make any sense for multiple reasons but it just seems very what's that word you used before reductive um, does that fit here I don't know what that word it just sounds like you
0: reduce I think it's reductive but also it's kind of wrong like, I feel like reductive means like something is True, but it's a little too glib,
1: oh okay, okay
0: whereas this is it's kind of reductive, but it's also kind of not true in a way like it's, <laughs> got it, okay, yeah, I, I'm not sure what we would call call this <laughs> it's, it's a good question what what is this sentence? It's,
1: it, it, does this the sentence he doesn't a whole
0: new way of thinking and speaking i'm I'm having trouble uh even wrapping my head around this,
1: and this is the other thing I, this is in this last sentence where i'm I'm going to read it. It says yeah, economic. A exploitation of traditional farm and factory farm laborers who are predominantly, I'm sorry, economic exploitation of traditional farm and factory farm laborers who are predominantly black and Latinx persists today. So this is my problem. Multiple, just a few things with a sentence I don't like. Um, number one, why are you even bringing Latinos in it? They didn't ask you to put them in their shit. <laughs> they asked you for that shit. They said leave, they, I promise you, they want you to leave them alone. I
0: promise. You know what? I'm kind of happy though. You're spreading the pain. <laughs> <laughs> But let, how do you speak? Crap.
1: But let them speak for themselves. If there's Latinx <laughs> people who feel alienated because they vegan, let them talk about that shit. Why yeah. the fuck are you talking about this shit? You know,
0: leave <laughs> it. Funny. They don't write these dumb articles. I, I don't see.
1: Nah, they like, write that shit. You just they don't be things. in the L.A. Times. They be in their own shit. No reason why I know because I be around a lot of Latino activists and shit. And that's how I know. But they do that same shit. shit. Okay, in fact, okay. I didn't even tell you guys this, but I, I probably should tell you this now. I actually helped produce a podcast for it was a black and Latina lady um they were vegan and it was called uh what was the name of that podcast roots for freedom or something roots i don't remember something roots it was really actually i thought the name was pretty good because it didn't have the word vegan and i thought the word roots sounded oh, yeah. quote unquote ethnic enough for people to know it's not white people um but,
0: but also roots as in like plants that's a good that's a good yeah, long time exactly
1: exactly so i thought it was a good name i can't remember the name of it i remember something roots but um and I don't think I had the word vegan in it either. But I worked with these two. It was a black lady and a Latina lady. And I, liked, I actually liked their show because that was one of the few times I could understand people talking about veganism in a political way. And they don't shame people for not being vegan. That's the other thing. But what they talk about is the exploitation of workers, the exploitation of of black people in certain spaces like they actually talk about those things like unlike this article where he's just saying it happens but tells us no example Like even this last is another problem with this sentence economic exploitation of traditional farm and factory farm laborers who are predominantly black and Latinx persist today but in what way Like, tell me what you're talking about. I hate when people just give me little information like that because then what happens is people just start repeating shit and they don't have the facts to back it up. Give us some insight. Where can I get more information on this? Like, what are you talking about? Don't just tell me some shit happens and I don't know what you're talking about.
0: This is a combination of uh, two things. And this is one one thing is This is a word that um, a lot of right-wingers use. So a lot of people who are not on the right don't like to use this term, but I think it applies here is virtue signaling. Like this wants, he wants to let the reader know, like, hey, I think of all these issues. I am a good woke person. So it's just like, he just wants to name drop the issues, but he doesn't actually care to find solutions or really educate you or anything. This is more about making sure that you know he thinks about these things because a lot of times they don't even relate to a, the article or B right. to each other as sentences, because forget how this doesn't relate to the article, right? Which is one part of it. These sentences don't even relate to each other for take these three sentences in in take these sentences in um, sequence. There's American in America, food has long been or been mixed up with an engine of oppression and the black body serves as a constant reminder of it. Then, Black people were enslaved because of our agricultural and culinary uh, acumen, right? That's the second sentence. Then economic exploitation of traditional farm and factory farm laborers who are predominantly Black and Latinx persists today. The closest I could think to a relation is, is he saying that Black people's, that the Black body is a constant reminder, America being an engine of oppression because Black people were enslaved because of being good at cooking and good at farming and also traditional farm and factory. I mean, maybe, but I'm not really sure. But I mean, they don't really seem to connect to each other, these sentences. And it's almost like you have to kind of do the work for him. You you almost have to do what your teacher said to try and make a coherent thing out of this, which is yeah. which is do the work uh, for him. But it's on their own. I don't see any sentences really... In a superficial way, they're all about black people and food. So in a superficial way, I guess they connect to each other. But, you know, I mean, yeah. But here's another thing. What is the editor doing during this? Because... Shit,
1: I wouldn't even lie to you. The editor probably fucked some of this shit up, too. (laughs)
0: Like... (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Oh, something else, too, is a lot of times...
1: The editor probably said, you know, you got to add Latinos to that. (laughs) I swear to you, that's probably what happened.
0: Oh, And something else, too, like, a lot of times the white people who run the publications have black editors that's not black, black lives matter style editors and these are their friends who are writing so a lot of times like the editor might be from this camp as well and they're both like you said bigging each other up and adding stuff like you know yeah. hey chris you forgot to add latin will really jazz this piece up and you know make it intersectional and it's like, right well, well thanks keisha you know like, <laughs> yeah yeah soul food is how black people define ourselves and celebrate the stories of how we survive and i feel like when you say stuff like that you just take away in a weird way a lot of black people's humanity by making everything they do so profound and rooted and anti like soul food is just food people like like it doesn't have to be something liber. everything we do doesn't have to be liberatory and radical to be valid, I, you know?
1: Yeah, I don't like how soul food is how black people define ourselves. It I don't know like it it just seems like you're reducing it down to food when there's yes. so when there's so many things that I think we use to define ourselves. I think food, music, and all that is fine because it's just cultural, but that's like you said, that's any culture that's not special to us. We're I just feel like soul food is how black people You know, it's how how we cook, it's how we communicate, we unite around it. You know, it's part of our culture. It's just who we are, what we do, and how we eat. I just don't like when you try to make it out like it's some sort of special thing that only Black people have, where we unite around food, or it's part of the defining things of our culture. And maybe that's my problem with this sentence. Maybe if he said it's how Black people define our culture versus ourselves, because... because because this is the problem with that sentence he's doing with that sentence the exact same thing he's saying he doesn't like Mm
0: -hmm.
1: he's saying that this is how we define ourselves so therefore if I'm not eating vegan am I no longer black but we're I'm sorry therefore now that I'm vegan I'm no longer black but if that if you want to ride with that then you'll say this sentence. If you want to go with, yo, I'm alienated because I don't eat. That's because you've reduced Black people down to only defining themselves through food versus us defining our culture through our food. Because then it's just your culture. It's another aspect. Something like, like in every culture, there's some things you take, some things you leave. I can't dance. I leave that shit to people who can dance. You get what I'm saying? So if you decide to be vegan, you're no longer, it's not like you're no longer part of the Black culture. It's not like we're, you're, no- you're just vegan. You just eat the shit differently than we do. That's it. You just don't put any pork or chicken or turkey in your fucking uh food. That's it.
0: Mm. One know something interesting, uh, like, I have some Asian friends who have the same complaint about Asian American articles and they always have, like, the same type of stories and everything. And my brain, I'm so poisoned by these type of dumb articles that I can't even start thinking of uh pitches. Like, like if I had no self-respect, I could think of, like, pitches and stuff. Like, for example... Uh I didn't know this, but um Asian people are really good at squatting. Like uh they do stuff. on the ground, on right? Y- y- yeah. And yeah. There's there's arguments about is it cultural? Like like they uh a lot of their culture involves like like having to squat so they culturally know how to squat. Some people try to figure out if it's genetic, but and, and this may exist already, but I was like some Asian blue check. should do some article like I I'm Asian. I can't squat. Am I really Asian? Do I need to give up? (laughs) And then the history of squatting. The first recorded squat was in Mesopotamia in 5,000 BC. (laughs) When John, when John, when when Jehoshaphat squatters uh, went to pick up something, and his back hurt too much to bend over, he squatted. And you know, my mother always squatted. You know those weird jumps in time they do. But I mean, yeah, there's so many dumb them article. yeah just, i've
1: seen the squatting thing i'm around i'll pull up into like a because like a restaurant a vietnamese restaurant or something like that actually i don't know what the business was but there was some people asian men outside and they were like squatting on the ground but they weren't so like it looked like they were sitting on the ground but they weren't sitting it looked like they were sitting with their knees up but their butt wasn't touching the ground
0: yeah yeah that's that's exactly what it is they had to study and they uh hundred percent of the Asians in the study could squat, and you know, a lot of other people uh, couldn't. It's a very interesting thing. you, you yeah. can Google. You can Google you know, it. I'm music. gonna
1: look that. It's actually interesting because I had never seen that before. But this because this dude had a bowl of food and was eating his bowl while squatting on the ground. Like it was just comfortable, and I was like, "How is he doing that? And he's totally balanced. I, I would have fell like oh, immediately." Oh,
0: oh, oh yeah, there's a YouTube video uh, in France where they asked random people in France uh, to squat. And, you know, there's some Asian people there and all the Asian people could squat um, perfectly and the French people kept falling on their their butts. And that's the thing. I bet you that article um, exists. If you're an Asian uh, blue check and you just want an easy article idea, um, no need to credit me. Uh, Just go and pitch that article. I'm sure. (laughs) In this climate, someone's someone's going to buy it. Uh, I can't squat. Am I am I? And an I'll be Asian? coming
1: up with ideas and nobody want to steal them. I'll be, trying to, I be <laughs> wanting niggas to steal my shit. Because I'll be like, this is such a great idea. I know I ain't going to do it. So I want y'all to steal it. I have a cold concept for a black TV show. I think I told you guys about this. I don't know if you were on that time. But I want to do a TV show similar to how we were talking about Black Wall Street and all those black towns. What if we had like a Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman type show in the sense that... Uh, it's like that type of era but it's like a black town being built and it's about the growing of this black town but you have like these various characters you know you have your black elites that are kind of stuck up you got the working class black people who are trying to you know they have like the the little dramas in between you know but it's not centered on white people it's just black people trying to build this town
0: that would be good that would be so good but i'm so afraid because they would just in this current blue check climate, check the hell out of it. Yeah, yeah. they was blue check the hell out of it. And then the 90s was when we needed a show like that. It would have been Really good, yeah,
1: but I I think it would be great. Yeah, I think we can do it. I mean, it probably can't be mainstream. Maybe we'll do a web show, maybe we'll do a champagne production because I'm just like, this has to be done because there's so many ways we could tell a story. I'm a big fan of um period piece dramas that give you an idea of the culture and the things that were important to the people of that time. So, like, um, if I'm watching a show like the one I just described. I would like to know well, what were the black people talking about? What was the conversation? Were they arguing? You have an episode where they're arguing about Booker T Washington and uh what's his name? W.B. Du Bois, right? Have a you know have them to have that conversation like yeah you know we fuck this nigga no we fuck with him no we don't well you one of them niggas you know so we <laughs> yeah. can learn about the conversations and the history and the dynamics of that this this is uh, the conversation of desegregation comes up before this is this is maybe they say the late 1800 early 1900s before desegregation is a real conversation in the 60s but maybe talking about you know what their perspective would have been based off of us using historical documents and things like that because there were a lot of people people don't talk about that they're from black towns that liked being segregated because they took care of themselves.
0: Um, you know, and actually, you know what? It, maybe it is possible because I haven't seen this show yet, but there's a show called Godfather of Harlem that yeah. people keep talking about. Uh, I know Kenny watches it, but when I see clips from it, it's not it doesn't seem blue checked blue checked out. It it's seems not. like yeah. So so maybe your show could work if it's overseen by people like that. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I think the tough part is because that one was based in the 60s. Um, it's a, probably a little more comfortable for people to talk about versus what I'm talking about because it completely changes. Like nothing is centered on white people's racism. You know, yeah. not to say it, not to say it wouldn't be existent in the story because there's no way to tell that story without it. Because the whole purpose of having your create your own black town is because of racism, right? I don't want it to be centered on how downtrodden and victimized black people are because of the white people around them. I want us to show the people who are fighting against white people. People don't yeah. know that. There are black people who fought against them motherfuckers, you know? Um, that's why when you hear some of this the 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 stories, the true stories of things that happened, there's always a black there's always a story of a black man who was like, I'm not putting up with this shit. <laughs> you know, he had yeah. pulled his gun out, you know, and was willing to get hung from a tree to defend his family. But um we don't tell those stories. And I we don't even know those stories exist. I have a couple of books here that talk about the building of black towns or of a black town. And I think that's important that we know those stories, but no, they want to write articles about stupid shit and write stories about niggas and barbershops. And, you know, it's, <laughs> it's just like, you know, just cornball shit when there's so much history, no, or they want to be tied into white people's history. They want to yeah. be seen in their story. I've seen a, a reality show, uh promo for a black girl who wants to date like she's European aristocracy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, the best way to describe it is the bachelor beats, uh, Bridgerton. Uh, it's a reality show, but it's, it's totally combining the bachelor, the reality show with Bridgerton, the series. It looks really bad. And you know, scary man is the replies. There are so many, uh, black women. The replies like, Ooh, I can't wait to see this, you know? and, and, getting all excited. And I was like, really? Like, I mean, y'all really, but sometimes I think they lie because a lot of times people say they want to see shit like, like that, that black and Berlin show. There were a lot of those uh, types of people celebrating. Like, finally I feel seen. And they were getting mad at all of us. who were making fun of it. Then the show came and went and got like no ratings and none of them talked about it. All these people who were saying, Oh, we needed this and this is good for us. And you guys are just haters and hotheads. They didn't support the shit. They didn't watch it. Well,
1: even if they did, even if every single last one of them did, it ain't enough. It don't really fucking matter. Yeah. Like, you looking at at most, a thousand people that agree, that think is good. And some of those are fuck, fucking fake accounts that the PR people put it. You know what I mean? Pro- like we, Probably. No, I know that they do. That's exactly what they do. They get yeah. fake accounts and they get people to promote shit, you know? Um, <clears throat> and that like they do something with music. They say, oh, I can't wait to see Sweetie's new album. Sweetie's, Sweetie's been flopping since she's been out, you know? <laughs> um, and, and it, now they make fun of her because she don't, you
0: know, she don't really offer nothing musically, so nobody gives a fuck
1: about her. next year, people forget her name even existed.
0: But yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she got some kind of makeup contract, and then I saw on Twitter people were like, "What is she even makeup contract? Like she has no fan base." Like right, because the thing is, she's only
1: talked about on the internet. She doesn't really sell music, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know how she got that McDonald's deal other than her having a good label i don't, I don't fucking
0: uh, know she was always tweeting and this i always thought was kind of like um m- m- minstrelsy she was always tweeting these um stereotypical like ghetto meals like hood rat meals where she was yeah like, she'd be having these long nails and eating like a big mac with hot cheetos on it weird stuff like that which yeah to me it felt like she was making fun of hood rats especially i find out later like she didn't really grow up like that that she's not really from that background from what i what i read but i think she. i don't even think she's from the bay i think she's from sacramento but that's a whole nother conversation but I, i'm wondering if she got like a mcdonald's deal because of stuff like that because she was always uh trying to eat like um stereotypically ghetto uh food and she always take pictures like with mcdonald's and and cheetos and and all this stuff and i always looked at it i'm like is she making fun of Back yeah it's she, so it what
1: feels she, like. and yeah. it feels like I would even say I think she's making fun of us as much as I mean in her mind I don't think she's making fun of us I think in her mind she's appealing to the demographic and I Maybe. think um, <clears throat> which is still wrong I'm not saying it excuses it because I, th- I take offense to it because I think it's a joke and it's like you have people who are falling for it but I also think that she's trying to imitate um, based off of what people are telling her to imitate because yeah. I, when I first saw her, I swear to God, years and years ago, this is why I think she's from Sacramento because when I first heard of her, she was in some spotlight thing. You know how they sometimes you have these things as like AOL spotlight artists or some shit, right? And it was something like that. I don't know if it was AOL or some shit. And it was like maybe a few minutes long of her talking and talking about her music or whatever. And she looked, she looked nothing like she does now. Like she... Was very so. like a. She was shaped like a like a girl, like a little girl. You know, she didn't have a figure. She had no boobs, none of that. Um, she was grown, but she just didn't look like she does now. So she had all that shit done. But also, they said her. She was from Sacramento. That's why I said I think she's from Sacramento, not the Bay. The Bay shit was new. When I first saw her. The things that she was from Sacramento, and she was bland as hell. She had none of that. None of the aesthetics that we see now. None of that. Her nails weren't long. She looked like a regular girl. And I thought she was really going to go nowhere. Because this was years before she popped. I thought she wasn't going to go nowhere. Because I thought she looked boring. I was like, she, what? She from Sacramento? What like, the fuck about Sacramento? And she looks boring. Like nothing about her stands out. So I was surprised when this person came out. I was like, oh wait a minute, that's that. I remember the name Sweetie. I thought the I thought that name was stupid. So <laughs> when I saw it, I was like, oh shit, that girl really had a had a song. I forgot what song it was. Rich
0: nigga, that was that her song.
1: I forgot what her song is. Uh,
0: I, I don't even know what her music is. I've got. I got. She had,
1: she had one song that they played in all the clubs over and over. I can't think of what it is. Um, I don't think it was
0: ever a hit though. Her, her performances are terrible. I'll say oh, that. Uh, she's horrible. They're
1: horrible. Yeah, horrible. She's she out of
0: breath. <laughs> out of breath.
1: She can't dance. And it's so crazy because they'll give her. I saw this one performance. I want to say it was Saturday Night Live, but I'm not sure. But she had this one performance and everything was set up for her to be great. The background lighting, the band, the dancers were on point, the outfits, her hair, everything was set up for her to be great. But she couldn't perform. You couldn't understand what she was saying. She can't dance, and she just looks ridiculous. And I feel a little bad for her because she kind of reminds me of Tinashe. I keep calling her Tinashe, so I'm trying to make sure I say it right, Tina, Tinashe, Tinashe. In that they don't really have personality, so they're trying to force this PR image on everybody that doesn't yeah. match who they are. So that's my thing about Sweetie. I don't know how we got into Sweetie, but
0: um, we're we're talking about you know what. We're talking about for food, so this brings us right back to this article. I'm gonna use that segue <laughs> right, right back. Um, you know what? I'm just gonna finish this article real quick. But yeah. this, this, you know what? I lost tab. Oh, here we go. I was gonna blow through the rest of this article because it's more of the same. Uh, yeah. So soul food is how people define ourselves. Okay. And yet soul food's overwhelming cultural power presents a strong argument for re-examining it. Are the old stories you tell ourselves about soul food still useful? First off, I don't think people tell us those stories. I think you made that up. But anyway, is the idea of soul food, like this guy created a premise that wasn't true and is now saying, can we change this premise? And I don't think he even successfully proved that the premise of the article is even true, that people associate you know, soul food with eating meat and that you're not black if you don't eat meat. Uh, they, they, these people always accuse everyone of gatekeeping blackness and they never actually make a case that anyone did any such thing uh, is the idea of soul food really about the food itself or is it rooted in the wisdom of the communities that created it how might soul food tell stories about who we want to become and not only who we once were I suggest that by decolonizing soul food that's another um, bingo square is the word decolonize unlocking the ways. White stereotypes have shaped our understanding of the cuisine of our characters. We don't have to look further than Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben. What the fuck does that have to do with anything else in this article? Like, who thinks of Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben as authentic soul food? Uh, Like, Right, nobody thinks that. Yeah, it's just a popular topic about, you know, so he just threw it in there. Characters created to normalize segregation to see the influence of white assumptions about Black cookery. Delinking these images from soul food helps us uncover knowledge that has always existed on the margins. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, what is you becoming a vegan? Like, you have to remind yourself when you read this article what the article is about because he goes all over the place. But what is you becoming a vegan and feeling less black have to do with making people not think about Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben anymore? First off, neither of those are even meat dishes. So it's like, it's not like, it's Uncle Ben's rice and Aunt um uh, pancakes? No one thinks of them as authentic anything and they have nothing to do with me or being vegan or you like you're just throwing in hot button think piece topics. Everyone you can think of except the kitchen sink and just trying to pad the word count.
1: Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it's, it's just people saying shit. Like, it's like they told them, turn in an article. You have to
0: do one or you're fired. <laughs> they just turned one in. And, and, and they're getting paid by the words, so they're just throwing in everything you know what i'm not even gonna bother reading the rest of it it's just more of the same same stuff you get you get the point um I, and, and he does something where he mentions somebody else's book that's something the else they love doing is mentioning their like blue check friends work so i'll just mention this last paragraph Um, uh, i mean this last part he goes um there's no static definition of what it means to eat in a way that is black and and no one said that there is so you're you're <laughs> answering a problem that you invented uh in his book hog and harmony cultural historian a culinary historian frederick douglas opie writes what americans think of as a west the traditional west african diet blah 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 you know then he goes and later on he goes i suggest that veganism particularly black veganism as other activists have described it and he links to the other activists then he mentions you know i find parts of myself in the stories of chefs such as uh, Hercules Posey and James Hemings and food justice activists as Fannie Lou Hamer, so so basically he's just linking a bunch of people, past and present, and and linking to pages about them. So he's name dropping his friends and name dropping historical figures, uh, just to kind of pad the word count and just sound knowledgeable. So so like what I was saying before, I don't think I ever finished this point, but I was like, I feel like two things they try to do is they try to one is they try to um just make themselves sound like um experts on on something, and the other thing is to talk about individualistic stuff like like so they're working out their own personal trauma, but then the second thing they're trying to do is they want to make white people think that I'm a person you can come to and learn about black stuff so I'm just gonna throw in a bunch of tangentially related superficial like name drop so you can walk away thinking that you've learned stuff, but the only thing they ever name drop is stuff that white people are already aware of anyway. Like You know, because they never have any intellectual curiosity in anything uh, deeper about that's true. black stuff. And I mean, I think we should talk about some of the other articles. Yeah, re- we could. Not read them, but just do a, a laundry list.
1: Yeah, and- that's fine. I just, I'm looking at <laughs> just everything in this article
0: is just really oh, extra
1: yeah. like i'm trying to figure out how you see yourself in Fannie lou hamer like <laughs> 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 like you're doing the most ain't I, you ain't doing shit that thing fa- like do not even put yourself in the category and honestly any of these people that you named you know what i
0: mean like but also reducing fanny lou hamer to food activists is just seems that that's an example that i think of reductive like that's yes. just weird yeah
1: yeah
0: it's like you want to tie yourself into fanny lou hamer somehow like he just said so now right. you've done But you most,
1: ain't told see- us no activism you did other than be vegan. Like you're saying just the merely the act of being vegan activism? Like I'm confused. Like how is that's what I'm saying? That's not anti racism. You're not doing anything by just not eating meat.
0: Yes. Yeah, so or animal the, products. Uh oh, uh, you know what? That reminds me of this article, which...
1: Oh, wait, wait, uh, wait, real quick. Black veganism invites us to learn more about Black food and food culture beyond the terror that was slavery, tenant farming, and picking cotton. No, it doesn't. Because I read this (laughs) whole article and I got none of that. Like, this is my problem with that shit. It's like when people just throw in shit. Like, this was your opportunity to teach us something and you wasted it. It's just like that other... Remember we were talking about um, Eyes on the Prize, the remake? Yeah. And they talk about LGBTQ uh, community, but they don't tell us any, like, new information. Like, I wanted to learn. This was your opportunity to include them into the conversation of activism and civil rights. But instead of doing that, you're telling us how they're not talked about.
0: And and when they did have to give an example, uh, they only gave two examples. Well, first off, there was themselves, because that's really what they mean, is us, us, us. But th- he was saying the original, they were saying the original eyes on the prize, which covered the civil rights generation from, like, the 50s all the way to the 80s, uh, ignored, um, black queer people but then for examples they gave bayard rustin who was mentioned right uh and then they said the first black trans person was an ex-slave in the 17 or 1800s and they identified as a as a she but they were like wait that wasn't error that was covered in eyes and the prize they didn't go back to slavery they didn't go back to the 1800s so that's not even an example right those are just the only two you know (laughs) right yeah so not only did they not give good examples when they did give examples they gave one obvious one and one that had nothing to actually do with the original eyes and the prize because they didn't talk about anybody from the 1800s period
1: also, I don't like people put labels on people that aren't able to identify themselves. Exactly. It's like when like, I read articles, they'd be like, feminists, such and such. This was 18 something. They didn't know what a feminist was. How do you know this person would have agreed with feminism? You have no clue.
0: They don't like to say that. They'll throw in the word intersectional, which is even more specific. They'll say like uh, Harriet Tubman was an intersectional feminist. It's like, what? What are you even talking about? I wouldn't even buy her as a feminist, but intersectional one on top of that is just very bizarre. All right, y'all. So that is the end of part one. Go to, again, patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks or click the link in the show notes to get part two. Be good.